You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Mock Draft Monday. We are doing the thing on Mock Draft Monday. A lot of draft talk today. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it because I think that the more that I, that I, the more that I look at the draft, the more that... It is clear to me the best value for these priority positions for the Packers, and I'm talking about those those upper tier spots. And and you know we did a whole episode on needs, and we talked about edge. If the Packers end up keeping Preston Smith, I think you can push edge a little bit further down the line. But corner, safety, receiver, linebacker. And then if there is an offensive lineman, a tackle worth taking, I think that makes a lot of sense. If there's a guard worth taking, you can kick Elton Jenkins out to tackle and make that all work. This sets up the Packers with a lot of options in the first round because in round two, round three, but especially round two with with safeties, for example, There are a ton of safeties that I really like in that second round range. And I'm talking late second, early third, where Green Bay is picking. And there are a lot of receivers in that second and third round, fourth round range that are perfect for what Green Bay could use. They don't need that elite guy. Now, of course, that guy helps. And if you're in position to draft that guy, take that opportunity. I think that was the the position they found themselves in last year was they didn't think anyone in that upper tier, the tier that they had Jordan Love in, regardless of what you think of Jordan Love, the tier that they had Love in, there were no more receivers left in that tier, but Love was, so they took Love. They could be in a position in the first round where there are no more corners in the tier where there are other available players. And you always have to weigh the cost, right, of, hey, um, if we don't take this guy, can we get the guy later or do we want to adhere to our board? And, And the shape of the draft always matters. It always matters. So if you are really liking a guy at a position, but you think you could get a guy 85, 90 percent as good around later, then what are your other options? And you have to weigh that opportunity cost. So if you're if you're giving up someone in that upper tier, you know, let's say there's an offensive tackle there. Well, if the corner class to them is shallow, then maybe you need to jump down a tier, get that corner just to make sure that you get one, because if you don't get one there, you might not get one. Right. That's the calculation that you have to make. So this is why it's so important 
and would unlock so much flexibility for the Packers to sign a corner. And it doesn't have to be Richard Sherman, although I think Richard Sherman is uh, an intuitive fit. And I've heard a lot from Packer fans. Some people love it and some people hate it. I'm not surprised. Uh, Sherman, just as a player, as a personality, is a divisive guy. And I get that. And, and he has played against Green Bay and he has been a, a thorn in Green Bay's side. He's talked a lot of trash about playing the Packers. I know he has a lot of respect for Aaron Rodgers as well. But this is, this is a guy that a lot of Packer fans are going to have a hard time saying, oh yeah, give me that guy. This defense is going to be 80-plus percent zone coverage and a lot of two-deep safeties. You can afford to have a guy whose skills are waning a little bit, especially when, you know, for a guy who's never been blazing fast, he just doesn't get beat deep because of his length, because of his smarts, and, and because of the schemes that he's been in. He just doesn't. Doesn't get beat deep. So the fact that maybe he's lost to half a step, you know, Devontae Adams got him in the NFC Championship game two years ago, but... He was an all-pro two years ago. He was really good two years ago, and last year was hurt. And when he was on the field, was was still a good player. He could come in and, and be really good for you. Now, look, William Jackson, the former Bengals corner, he's 28. This is a deep market. I, I think you could convince yourself that sub-30 guy. I mean, when, when the Packers signed all of those free agents two off-seasons ago, they were all in that like 26 range. Jackson is not in that range, but he's still only 28. And when he is when he is healthy, he's a really, really good football player. Now, I think Shaq Griffin is probably going to get a nice deal. I think he's probably going to be back in Seattle if they can keep him. And Patrick Peterson is going to, of course, be a name that has come up. Um you know, there are there are other guys in free agency that I think you could look at and just say, hey, we think this guy is is undervalued. You know, Michael Davis from the Chargers, um, Chidabe Awuzie from the Cowboys, 26, by the way, someone like Rasul Douglas, Quentin Dunbar, who actually played for Joe Barry in Washington. There are so many corners who are going to be on the market. Desmond King, Terrence Mitchell, Brian Poole, Xavier Rhodes, Jason Verrett. There are going to be so many, so many of these guys available. Green Bay is going to be able to sign one. And I, I, they are going to sign one. Not even I think. I almost said I think. I don't think. They're going to sign one of these guys. And it, it may not be that, that top of market kind of guy. And there really isn't a top of market guy in this cornerback group. There are a lot of guys who are more like the Adrian Amos, the Billy Turner, the Rick Wagner, guys who were starters, but who maybe, you know, who were, maybe weren't in the right situations or, you know, have had injury issues or maybe they were, you know, more, you know, Brian Poole is someone who has been a really good slot corner. So, okay, you bring him in. You still have that boundary corner issue, but maybe Shannon Sullivan can play a little bit more outside or something and you go into the draft. And, and you still feel like you've got some really good corners on your team. You know, I, I, the Rhodes one is, is such a, an intuitive one. I love the idea of Desmond King. I was surprised when he was traded for such little compensation. 
He's a really fun, really good player. And I know that he's a little undersized. He can also return punts. Green Bay has a, a, a need there. It seems like Tyler Irving can't stay on the field. You get that guy. You get a starting caliber corner. And all of a sudden, your first round opens wide up. Because this is a deep corner class. And this is a really nice offensive tackle class, assuming that you think they need one. And there are some players who are going to be there at the end of the first round for Green Bay. Who, you know, they they could, they could come in and, and be starters. They could come in and be real impact players for this team. Maybe a receiver is there. You know, maybe they love Kadarius Toney and he's there. I think you could wait on a receiver, but if you if you love a guy, take him. If there's a tackle you love who's there, take him. If there's a safety you love who's there, take him. A, even a linebacker. I mean, I have gone way outside of my normal parameters here with Green Bay because of the way this roster looks. I think they could draft just about anyone in the first round. Now, if they don't sign a corner, by the way, they're going to sign a corner. I cannot stress this enough. They're going to sign someone. Doing that just makes life so much easier for them because it allows you to be patient in the draft. And because there's so much value on day two, even into day three at this position with talented, athletic, pedigreed guys. I mean, we saw Eric Stokes over the weekend at the at the in in Florida. They had, you know, a, a special one of these, you know, hyper local combines with with a group of guys who've been working out together. I mean, my guy at 6'1", 185, runs four two five, jumps forty one inches, and broad jumps one thirty one. I mean, absolutely ridiculous numbers. Now he's fast on tape, he's athletic on tape, so you can't double count it. But he might not be the sixth best corner in this class. Might not be the eighth best corner in this class. With as many quarterbacks that are going to go and as many receivers that are going to go and as many offensive tackles that are going to go and there's this group of linebackers at the top, they're going to go. It's just going to push some really good players down. And, and a bunch of corners are going to go too. And so Green Bay is in a really good position both at 29, but then on day two, they've got some firepower with you know multiple fourth round picks. Maybe they can move up. You take one of those fourths. J.C. Horn falls a little bit. Take one of those fourths. You move up and you get them in the first round. And now you've got a legit blue chip kind of corner that you can bring in with the free agent that you've already signed. And now you've really got something. And you haven't invested you know, a, a, a stretch in terms of the amount of capital that you're putting into it. That would just, it makes so much sense. And Brian Gutekunst, don't say it won't happen. He trades up. He's traded up in every first round that he has been the GM for in Green Bay. Now, one of them was after trading down, but he traded down to get a future first knowing he could come back up for, for a guy. And in this case, it was Jair Alexander. That trade, we, we do not talk about that trade enough. And I think it will become the story of the season for the Packers this year because Jair Alexander, a legit T1A shutdown corner. And this is the year Darnell Savage becomes a superstar. This is the year he goes to the Pro Bowl. And we're going to talk about Brian Gutekinst in year one, trades down, gets a future first, goes back up and gets one of the three best cornerbacks in football. 
and the next year with that extra first round pick goes and get a star defensive back to pair with him and then in this draft if you can go and just get another guy they don't have to be a star just a good player but that's why the horn thing would be so appealing you can move up you know from 29 let's say he's he's still there 24 25 you know green bay they went up to 26 for jordan lava all it took was a fourth round pick so maybe you get up in 25 26 27 and you steal you steal jc horn that is a coup for brian gutekunst Brian Kudekinst. I apologize for nothing. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on seriously anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. Get that free money you put money in use the promo code they will match up to 50 percent bet online your online sportsbook experts and remember to use the promo code locked on so it is mock draft monday and as such uh i did a mock draft and i i tried to use the parameters of the first block of our show to say okay Understanding that Green Bay has signed a free agent corner. How does that change the flexibility for the draft? And man, I'm telling you, it really does. And and I love, okay, maybe love is too strong. I really like some of these free agent corners that they could go out and get. I mean, I like I like the upside of someone like Awuzier. I like William Jackson a lot. I really like Desmond King. In fact, I've loved him since he was coming out of college. I think Brian Poole is a really underrated player who, if he played on a better team, we would we would be talking a lot more about Xavier Rhodes. Love. Love that fit. So let's say the Packers have one of those guys. All right? And just one of those guys. And nothing else changes. I really don't think anything else has to change. In this mock... Tevin Jenkins fell. I think Tevin Jenkins is a top 25 talent all day. He's a right tackle from day one if you want him to be. And you can keep Elton Jenkins where he is. I don't think they need to take an offensive tackle. And, I, you know, if, if Elijah Vera Tucker is there, for example, I think he's a really good guard. You can move Jenkins if you get a really good guard to replace him. You don't want to get worse at two positions by moving Jenkins, right? Tevin Jenkins allows you to keep Elton Jenkins. Now it's a lot of Jenkinses at his at his most natural position, I think. And you've got a nasty right tackle who just wants to take dudes to the IHOP every play. Just just bad intentions every time he's out there. I think he's yeah, I think he's going to appeal to the Packers. I was not surprised to see them uh, interview with him. And I, I just, I think that's great. I love that fit. In the second round, I had some options here. There wasn't a cornerback I liked. There wasn't value there. But guess what? This is exactly the point. I already have one. And so, sure, I probably need another one, especially long term. But I can wait because the talent is there. 
So instead, I got Diami Brown from North Carolina, who I think the Packers are going to like. I think he is 2021 Brandon Ayuk. He's got a very similar skill set. Run after the catch, deep speed down the field. Um, I think he can. I think he can run the route tree that you want him in this offense. I think he can be a complementary piece. He is not a type that they have, although he can do everything. I mean, you think of Alan Lazard. He can get deep, and he can work on underneath. Marquez Valdez-Scanling, he can get deep, he can work underneath. Dimey Brown can get deep and he can work underneath. But he can do something those two guys cannot, and that is with the ball in his hand, he can go make plays. And that's what I really like about him. He's an explosive athlete. Um, He is tall enough. Green Bay likes guys that are at least six feet. He's a little on the slender side, you know, in that sort of six foot 185 range. It's fine. It doesn't matter. He's big enough. In the third, this, you know, this is this is the thing. Trill Williams is there from Syracuse. I mean, it's great. Any of the, the Syracuse DBs, not just because I went there, this is a really good secondary. I mean, Andre Sisko, Ifeiti Melifonwu, and Trill Williams. I mean, these any of these three players would come in right away and, and impact Green Bay secondary. And Trill is someone who size, athleticism, demeanor, plays with that edge, earns that name. No question about it. I love it. And he's your developmental guy now. And he competes with Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman. And you don't have to worry about it because you already have this free agent guy, whoever it is, who's going to come in and lock down one side for you. Not Now, not lockdown, lockdown, but he's going to have that position on lockdown unless one of these guys comes in and, and plays great right away. Rookie corners are almost always bad. Most rookies are bad, right? But rookie corners are almost always bad. I mean, even when they turn out to be good, they are usually terrible as rookies. Jair Alexander is the exception that proves the rule. Guys do not usually play as well as Jair did right away. And that was when you start to say, oh, this guy could be special. And guess what? It's turned out he's special. So now, I mean, what's left? What else do you have to do? Find some spots where you can add depth. So Joshua Bledsoe in the fourth round, I I think an under-the-radar player at Missouri. Safety safety is an under-the-radar spot for Green Bay. They need a third safety. It's not Raven Green. It's not Will Redmond. The third safety is going to play 60, 65, maybe even 70% of snaps in this defense. They're going to play a ton of big nickel. That safety is going to be on the field a bunch. And so it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be that surprising if Green Bay, if, you know, if they thought, hey, we need to get a, a safety in here. You know, it's not going to be a big name guy, you know, Justin Simmons, franchise tag. So, you know, he's off limits. There's not going to be a lot of other great options. I don't think Anthony Harris is is in play. Though, you know, if they could swing that, that would be great. He'd be a huge upgrade for them. Marcus May, same kind of situation. I think he's going to get paid. Marcus Williams for the Saints. They want to keep him, but, you know, they don't have any money. I don't know how they're going to do that. So that leaves, you know, Tayshawn Gibson, Rayshon Jenkins, you know, kind of an uninspiring group, Xavier Woods. Like, does that really move the needle? I, I think you draft somebody and you hope that Jerry Gray 
you know, can can really help elevate them. You hope that playing with Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage allows them to to play that guy only early on, at least in the spots where he is best suited. And I think that that makes sense. I think Bledsoe can be that guy. And then with the other fourth round pick, I have JV and Hawkins from Louisville, who they interviewed two guys on this list. Uh, we know they've been no the trill too. They've interviewed. <laughs> I honestly did not do that on purpose. This this could this could very well be the kind of draft that they put together. Hawkins is a speedy, dynamic with the ball in his hand, a little bit undersized guy, but as a compliment to AJ Dillon, oof, oof, I like it. Can can probably play some slot. Can be that jet sweep guy. You can play him on the field with Dillon. And, and he can do a little bit of everything for you. I, I just, I really like the fit there. I think they're going to find someone or they're going to search for someone at least who is that that sort of quick, dynamic, ball in hand kind of player. And, and you get two of those guys in this draft class, Diami Brown and Javion Hawkins. Guys who can just, they're a home run anytime they touch the ball or they, at least they could be. And when you can threaten defenses that way, when you can put defenses on their heels like that, it's just such an advantage. And Green Bay doesn't have enough players like that, or at least that you can always have more. I mean, you can never have too many guys like that. Everyone on the Chiefs offense is like that. So you sort of get the best of the both both worlds with this offense in terms of you're upgrading the the depth of the pass protection. You know, Jenkins doesn't have to play right away, although he could. You know, you could say, okay, Billy Turner, he's going to start at left tackle. Jenkins is going to be your right tackle until David Bakhtiari gets back. And then once he's healthy, you've got a swing tackle. When Billy Turner is a free agent in two seasons, then you've got your future right tackle. Bang, you're done. You've already signed your, your corner, your starting corner. You've got Trill to come in and develop can give you some dime snaps. Maybe, you know, maybe he comes in and plays nickel. Maybe he wins that job from Shannon Sullivan, who I still have some faith in, by the way. I don't think his career is just over. And then, you know, you know, now you're talking about some death pieces. Bledsoe could come in and, and you know, win a job, but maybe not. You know, Raven Green, if he's healthy, probably still has some fans in that in that coaching staff. You just want to avoid Will Redmond playing defense. He just has not been good, and not just not good. He's been bad, down to down, basically his whole career in Green Bay as a defender. In the preseason, he made some plays, and as a special teams player, he's really solid. He just can't be on your defense. He just can't be on your defense, and we saw it in the NFC Championship game. Dropped an interception that ultimately leads to the Tom Brady touchdown at the end of the first half. If they get that pick, you know, who knows? If he just catches it and falls over, Green Bay has time to, you know, maybe get some yards and get a field goal instead. You know, now now you've got a multi-score deficit and you're really in trouble. So finding that third safety, I think, is quietly an underrated need for Green Bay. I think they will they will seek that in the draft because there is a lot of a lot of that kind of player, someone who can play a little bit of nickel, someone who can play safety. Those guys are in this draft, and they they can find one of those guys on day two. I mean, that is truly the beauty of this draft. It, it aligns really well for them. And getting that corner, as you can see, just unlocks everything for them. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about it for months. The best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is amazing. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing protein bar, 100% covered in chocolate. 
Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. Peanut Butter Brownie, delicious. The other one is tough because we've got, you know, that that vague cinnamon in both of them. Oof, that one that one is tough. I think I'm going to go Apple Almond Crisp, but it's tough. It's tough. These, they're, they're all so delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter and let us know what you think. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off your next order. This is LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check pack to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. I just wanted to end the show with a quick discussion about the tight end position because Mercedes Lewis said he would like to come back to Green Bay. He'd like to keep playing and that he'd like it to be in Green Bay. Brian Gutekunst um, sang the praises of Mercedes Lewis at the press conference that he had last week. But then there was also this report of Zach Ertz availability in Philadelphia. And the reason I bring that up relative to the Green Bay Packers is at the trade deadline or leading up to the trade deadline, there was real interest between Green Bay and Philly in a Zach Ertz trade before the Will Fuller deal got hot and heavy. This was a thing that was being discussed. And it never got close because Earth's got hurt. That doesn't mean that Green Bay couldn't be back in. This is a player that Green Bay, in the Matt LaFleur era, in the Brian Gutekinds era, we don't have to go back you know, a million years, has had interest in. We know that Green Bay has dudes. They have guys. Zadaria Smith was someone they had tried to trade for before they signed. Will Fuller is someone that they tried to trade for after, after having interest in over a number of months. And Robbie Anderson was someone they tried to trade for and then had interest signing a few months later. It would not be surprising if Green Bay thought, hey, two fourth round picks, why don't we send one of them to Philly for Zach Ertz and then just not tender Robert Tanyan? You know, the couple million versus the eight million for Ertz. Ertz is someone who can get his own shot, so to speak. You know, we had NBA All-Star last night. Everyone was getting their own shot last night. Uh, approximately 500 points were scored in that game. Um, and so you're like, okay, maybe it's just better to allocate the resources that way. I mean, I think that's a totally reasonable position to have. If Green Bay were to say, hey, I, we think the best use of our money and then you don't have to go out and, and find a receiver. You have Ertz to go with Adams in an offense that already caters to the tight end that allows them to get open. Now you can use him as a slot receiver, as a matchup nightmare. And it's a one-year deal. So that's your that's your potential all-in move. I just it's an interesting thing to think about. I thought I would throw it out there just because Green Bay has had interest in the past and it, it is something that I think Green Bay could have interest in doing again if the compensation is right. 
All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.